MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is all over the Georgia Bulldogs. <laughs> Got it done. They did. 33 to 18. See, this you is. You got a little rhythm, partner. This is what gambling does to you, though. I'm, I'm very happy, but then I think back to August. And, Sean, I, I on this show, I'm pretty sure I said it. I was debating two futures mm-hmm. Georgia, eight to one, down this road, Oklahoma, eight to one, down that road. And do you remember back in August, there were like a couple injuries that happened. Georgia wide receiver, George Pickens. Yeah, well, George Pickens was It was a receiver was positions. And there was, was another, yeah. yeah. And we were like, what's going on with People Kirby? were talking about Kirby worked him too hard. If you listened to me, you would have taken Georgia. Because from the first show we've ever had, I've told you that Spencer Rattler was not that good. Well. At the time, that I he just... was allegedly going to be the number one pick. He was the Heisman favorite by a landslide. And I just think. We didn't have enough history between us at the time for you to carte blanche, just blindly follow me when I give you an opinion on a quarterback because I've never been wrong since you know me. I was the one that got blasted by the Jets fans uh, because I told them Zach Wilson would not be worth the second pick. I got blasted by Cleveland. Did you pick Alabama or Georgia? No, I said quarterback. I didn't say outcome of all games. <laughs> I said quarterback. I told you Spencer Rattler wasn't that good. And that's ultimately why you went Oklahoma over Georgia. When you made that future bet. I did. Yep. Well, I lost that, but tonight was a phenomenal night. Uh, I don't think I've ever been wrong on a quarterback. Anywhere. <laughs> I'm being serious. Well, you said you were wrong on. Maybe uh, one. Herbert you weren't super high on. Right, because Herbert's the only guy that I've evaluated that's better in college. Than, I mean, better in the pros than he was in college. Like, if you look at Herbert in college at Oregon, he was talented, but he was never consistent. He was kind of inaccurate, had a big arm, good athlete, but he's nothing based on the film at Oregon that said he'd be this good this soon. You know, and, and by the way, over 33-18, to 18, uh, the final, Georgia wins. I'm uh, happy for Georgia. Uh, me too. I'm very happy for Georgia. Good job, Georgia. Yeah. Well done. Makes I, me happy. I got a lot of texts to send out tonight. I'm like, my partner, Tim, had Georgia 
as soon as no, this I'm talking about congratulating out. friends that I have on oh. the Georgia staff. Oh, I man. thought I thought you were gonna be like yeah. my partner, genius is lonely. Uh, by the way, uh, my bankroll that you always make fun of, I think made like eight hundred dollars this week. Woo! So. Mm. Good for you. Yeah. Now, did you forty ers Did you mimic it in real life? Oh yeah. Good nice. Yeah, it was a, it was a great. Week. Unfortunately, I, mean, I mimicked mine too. Georgia, look. <laughs> I, I always tell people, you know, just because it's a national championship doesn't mean you need to bet it more. I I lied. I, I ultimately. Did you? I, yeah. But it was a good night. I'm happy for you, Good man. night. I didn't really care one way or another because I wasn't leveraged in this game. Like. This is just one of those. Yeah. The line told me right. George was going to win this game. This is. So I, as as our viewers know, as you know. There's a theory that I go by, yeah. the stink theory. You're right. And this was an important night for the stink theory. It was. Because, and I, I used it in another analogy. I was on a friend's podcast today, and I said, this is the neighbor theory. Mm-hmm. This is the neighbor of, you don't really talk sports with this neighbor, but, you know, Joe, hey, Sean, he knows what you do. Hey, Sean, Alabama is an underdog to Georgia? Didn't they just beat them four weeks ago? What's the money line? I'm going to throw 100 bucks on that game tonight. I mean, that's what this game was. Now, before you start peacocking too much. Oh, I'm peacocking. Yeah. Because you would be due. I'm going to put you back in your little peacock pen for a second. If Jamison Williams right. doesn't get hurt. Right. If Jamison, if Jamison Williams stays healthy they lose. and we get the same outcome, then listen, I'm patting you all over the back. But no one could predict that the overall best player on the offensive side of the ball on either team, Jamison Williams, would go down in the first half and not be available. After Alabama already being without their second best wide receiver coming into the game in Mechie. You you couldn't predict that. And when you look at, because let me rewind something for you. That's supposed to be Mechie or Jamison Williams on that ball that Ajayi Hall drops. When Bama still has the league. It was a crossing yep. route. He throws uh, Bryce Young makes a great throw. Ajayi drops the ball. They get the field goal blocked. That's supposed to be Mechie or Jamison Williams when they're down eight, driving to score and potentially two point conversions into overtime that Ja'Cory Brooks dropped. So that's supposed to be those two guys in those positions. So you just don't know. Well, you do know based on what you saw this year. They nine out of ten times make those plays. So Hats off to Georgia, but again, there's an asterisk as far as how the game actually ended up. Now, injuries are part of it. Hey, you live with the good, you live with the bad, but it it severely, severely, severely impacted Alabama. No, no doubt, but I will say this, though, Sean. It's so unfortunate that Jamison Williams gets hurt, and it changed the game, no doubt about it, but... Part of my handicap and a significant part of my handicap was the Mechie injury. Mm-hmm. Because if Williams gets hurt and Mechie's still out there, I think they might still win because they still have a, a Mechie to throw to. So I, not to say, oh, who knows? I mean, we'll never know the answer. Right. You're cashing a ticket. But Williams, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Yeah. But I just was going to calm your peacocking down a little bit because oh, no. you were in full bloom. No, I am. Oh, I am. Got him out. The ginger bird. Because I, I forget the ginger and genius. I'm so I'm so happy and fortunate. I mean, I did a lot of a lot of radio hits this past couple of weeks, and everyone I'm telling them Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. So you got to go back on now. I know. While you're hot. Yeah. Yeah. No. Now now I got to retire. Yeah. Walk out. All right. Game is over. Chris Andrews is going to join us. Bottom of the hour. How did the books fare? 
Um, I, I texted with Chris earlier today. He said at the point of our text exchange earlier in the day, it was two to one tickets on Bama, but two to one money on Georgia. So very interested to see ultimately how the books fared. Um, but let's just take a look at, at how the props played out here tonight. Bryce Young ultimately does go over his uh, his passing yardage as he finishes with 369 yards, but does not go over that touchdown number, two and a half. It goes Well, it's hard under. to go over that when you only score one touchdown. That is correct. Yeah. Those are facts. Uh, Stetson Bennett under his yardage, 224, goes under 249 and a half, but does go over the one and a half passing touchdowns prop as he throws two touchdowns. Which the numbers are telling you, I mean, if you look at it, because I'm sitting here looking, the over for Stetson and Stetson Bennett was minus 180. The under for Bryce Young was minus 160. So they were telling you that Bryce was going to struggle and Bennett was going to have more success than people presume. I mean, that's fascinating. I mean, mm-hmm. if you look at that. I mean, they were telling you that Stetson Bennett was going to throw two, at least two touchdown passes. Rushing yards, this is wild. I mean, you know, the Brian Robinson thing, and I talked about it, and I'm fortunate enough, shop around, folks. If you like something, if you like an under, make sure you get that best number because here at Circa was 67.5, at Westgate and DraftKings, as you see, 64.5. But South Point, for quite some time here in Las Vegas, had 70.5. And Brian Robinson finished with 68 yards. Very fortunate if you're able to cash that. Uh, Both running backs for Georgia go over as James Cook, 77 yards. He goes over his pre-total of 42 and a half. And Zamir White, 84 yards. Uh, Stetson Bennett does not because he got sacked a whole bunch. Remember, sacks are negative. Not to interrupt you. Yeah, go ahead. The the graphic that they have on the actual TV broadcast Mm -hmm. is wrong. They said head coaches to win a national championship at their alma mater, mm-hmm. and they had Philip Fulmer, Tennessee, in 1998. Mm-hmm. This was the 1998 college football <laughs> national champion. <laughs> T-U-L-A-N-E. Undefeated, lost to no one. <laughs> you guys need to hang a banner. Working on it. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's get to the uh, the wide receivers uh, Jamison Williams, obviously, unfortunately for him, should get an incomplete. Leaving with an injury, uh, he goes under. I don't think Brock got over sixty-six and a half. He did, he? did not. Brock Bowers did score that touchdown, which was heavily juiced. Minus one thirty for Brock Bowers to score an anytime touchdown. He gets that touchdown for you, but he only finishes with thirty-six yards receiving. Jacory Brooks does go over. Finally, and, yeah, your guy half, right there. Half a quarter of action, forty-seven yards. Slade Bolden goes over as well. Uh, that was, you know, thinking back, hindsight being twenty twenty, Slade Bolden was the play, man. Yeah, that was where the vacuum was. Yeah, yeah. Seven catch with no Mechie. He was the guy that they were going to go to. Slade Bolden, seven catches for 44 yards. George Pickens, one catch, mm-hmm. 52 yards in the first quarter. That one able to come home. And uh, James Cook, two catches, 15 yards. Uh, that one goes under. Did Brian Robinson go over 20 and a half? He receiving? did, 28 yards. So, actually, if you look at the So, receipt, he went over on both, depending on when you yeah, got the number. Yeah, depending on when you got it. Yeah, Brian Robinson, you're right, uh, did go over on both. Cameron Latu, the tight end, 81. He went over. two yards. Yep. And he scored a touchdown. Uh, Cameron Latu, anytime touchdown. We don't have that listed, but uh, he was able to, uh, back. to score the lone touchdown for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Georgia in the fourth quarter, 20-9. to nine, And a pick six might have uh, hurt some people. 
whether it was, uh, uh, you know, in-game betting, like me and uh, producer Aaron Oster, we had an in-game under a 45 and a half. That pick six, not great for us. But if you had the pre-game under, uh, that one able to come home as well. Cameron Latu, we just flashed it up. His touchdown plus three. Kirby running up the side lounge. Get down! Get down! <laughs> no way. There was no way he was getting down. The Georgia Bulldogs, national champions for the first time in over four decades. They beat Alabama tonight 33-18. to Another favorite coming home in bowl season. And uh, we will have some more thoughts on the national championship. Chris Andrews will join us at the bottom of the hour. Congrats to the dogs. They were barking tonight, and they get the win, 33-18. to 18. It's the Nightcap here on VEASAN. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are city casts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcast. And uh, once again, Georgia, the winner of the national championship alongside Sean King I am Tim Murray it is the nightcap here on VEASAN and you know not the prettiest game certainly uh not uh what was it Alabama Clemson from a, a handful of years ago but Georgia able to get it done the confetti falling there in Indianapolis yes um 
guess final thoughts on what we saw tonight from the Bulldogs entered this game and the research of teams getting their revenge bears true again eight straight times now the team that lost in the regular season exact their revenge in bowl season as Georgia the latest to do it against Alabama and uh, the third straight time in a national championship setting 2011 1996 and now 2021 Georgia wins it 33 to 18 so final thoughts on this game is it simple enough to say that the Jamison Williams injury is the reason Alabama lost tonight or is that too simplistic well I just think what we were dealing with was what is considered a rebuilding year for the Crimson Tide. Which is crazy. A year where they have really, really elite NFL caliber players, but they're all young. Very few of them draft eligible. And because of that inexperience, they weren't able to overcome losing two of their better players. But Alabama will be preseason number one next year because they've got almost the entire 22 coming back. I just saw real quickly to cut. Sorry to cut you off, but Caesars has put out an early uh, preseason futures. Alabama's five to two. Yeah, they have almost the whole team coming back, and and that's why I said during the show that it was an if not now when situation for for Kirby Smart in Georgia mm-hmm. because this everything was going their way. They had the older, the more veteran, the more experienced team. The only thing they didn't have was a better quarterback, right? But they had and give know, Stetson Bennett credit and and yeah the 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 final two drives by him and I'll give some credit where credits due to Todd Munkin uh, at least for one drive but his touchdown pass was a thing of beauty and then the RPO on third and one if he doesn't if he gives that to the running back it gets blown up you're mm-hmm. looking at a field goal in a nineteen eighteen game. And he just gets it out in time, lobs it up to Bowers, and he's able to race into the end zone. That was a phenomenal, phenomenal play by Stetson Bennett. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I think him and Todd Monken, you know, epitomize what mental toughness looks like. You know, football is a game of 60 minutes, and it's 60 minutes for a reason. You may get a half of football where you turn the ball over, you have self-inflicted wounds. That's what Georgia was in the first half. But they just kept grinding, kept lining up, kept trying to do things the right way with the right kind of effort, and they never stopped believing. And finally, you know what? Because they kept the game close, they made the plays they needed to make down the stretch. So, I mean, they're going to really enjoy this one. This is going to be extremely special for Kirby to finally beat Nick at his alma mater. A lot of people don't know, Kirby Smart actually played football at the University of Georgia. Stetson Bennett, a guy from Georgia that walked on mm-hmm. to be the starting quarterback. I mean, they'll make a movie about this Georgia team years from now. I'm telling you, I think that's how many unique storylines are intertwined in, into this particular team. And hats off. You know, but now we're going to see what does a rebuilding year look like at Georgia. Stetson Bennett's gone. You know, N'Kobe Dean, gone. Jordan Davis, gone. James Cook, gone. Like, George Pickens, Probably gone, you know, if he can get healthy enough, you know, to really perform, you know, during. The, so, I mean, these guys, they'll be different next year. Uh, you saw Clemson. A rebuilding year at Clemson was 9-3, and three, you know, 
a rebuilding year to Alabama was 11-1 college football championship game, end up 11-2. So there's still levels at the upper echelon of college football, and we'll find out where Georgia fits next year. Are they Alabama-ish now, or are they more Clemson-like, where when they get the right group with the right quarterback, they're on the level of Alabama. And I'm telling you, Clemson beat Bama with Deshaun Watson, Yep. who if he can get his off-the-field issues finalized, it's going to be the number one free agent in all the National Football League. Georgia did it with a former walk-on. So I give even more props to Kirby and his staff and what they were able to get done and all the people that support that program. Those coffers are big. I'd advise that you guys get an NIL strictly for the quarterback position because imagine this Georgia team, and no offense to Stetson Bennett, I thought he did a great job today, but imagine if they had one of the top three, four, five quarterbacks in college football. Yeah, I don't think Caleb Williams fits. I think you know Caleb, that Athens, Georgia I think, uh, environment. But. I have to say the tea leaves there for Caleb Williams' future uh, made it a little more, more clear tonight, or yes, today, when Jackson Dart went into the transfer portal. Yeah. Uh, so he's, LA, like, he's L.A. bound? Is that seems what you're like he's L.A. bound. But so I got a question for you. Yeah. You're Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. You go after the most money or you go with the guy that left you? Well, I look at it this way. Lincoln Riley may have left me, but he probably still wants me. I don't know that USC has and Jalen Hurts the same kind of pockets for college football I, as the you, as the top SEC well, schools. Well, do you look at it as short term, where I'm sure he'll make some NIL deals? No, you got to get that money now. Or, the NFL is not guaranteed. If somebody can give you a million, two million dollars at 19. Well, you I mean, could also look at Lincoln Riley. He got Baker Mayfield to be the number one overall pick. Yeah, but Baker balled out that year in college. And, and it was a byproduct of not being a deep quarterback class. You know, a lot of things went into that. But it's interesting. And, and, you know, as you look at the college football landscape, you know, as we close the door on the 2021 season, you know, it's interesting, you know, when guys like Dabo say this is becoming, you know, the have and the have-nots because there are levels when it comes to college football funding. You look at University of Southern California, tradition, legacy, brand recognition, they have all of those things. But when it comes to the amount of people who are willing to really, without question, dig into their pocket and put up funding for football-specific stuff, they pale in comparison to what Georgia, Alabama, LSU, Clemson, and those schools can do because L.A. is a different city. It's not a college town. You know, if I'm a guy that's really but into LA, athletics there, why but not? USC did run that city. They did. For about, they know. went Before social media. When all those L.A. kids thought that SC was the place to be. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, like, they're not on the same level if this gets into a bidding war, you know, to get the top of the top. By the way, just going back to this game, the Georgia defense was the star tonight. The front seven. I mean, what they did tonight. I mean, they were unbelievable. What uh, your boy uh, tweet out? Malik? Oh, Malik Zaire, (laughs) former Notre Dame quarterback, (laughs) tweeted out, how much does it cost to get those front sevens? Because, you know, as as we're watching the highlights right now on uh, on SportsCenter, Stetson Bennett looked all sorts of uncomfortable, and the first drive of the game, you know, I know there was the – uh, was it a fumble? Was it not a fumble? Ultimately, wasn't. But Georgia or Bama was driving. They were they were running with pace. And Dan Lanning in the SEC championship, every bit of their uh, 
blitzes were predictable. Mm -hmm. And every other team pretty much in the country, Sean, they can do that too, and it's fine because Mm -hmm. they are so overpowering, they're so skilled, it doesn't matter. But against Bama, it's a different thing. And they were throwing exotic blitzes at him. Bryce Young looked uncomfortable the majority of the he night. Did. Throws off the back foot. You know, they just showed uh, the miss, the on, miss on the corner ball. Uh, yeah, on third down and goal. And they it got was 13-9. They would have gave Bama the lead. There were a lot of opportunities for Bama, even without Jamison Williams out there, Sean, put this game away. And the Georgia defense they played, stepped up. did what they, what they were capable of doing. And they, I mean... They won. They, they're they the reason won they won this the national game. championship. Now, if you're a Bama supporter, there's going to always be an asterisk on this final. No. but Oh, yeah, absolutely. They don't care. I said if you're a Bama supporter. Oh, sure. Yeah, you're going to be like, you guys beat us, but. Oh, right. I'm sure. And they could say that, and they'll say we've got six titles and you've got one. But if you've won anything in life, you've won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I have not. Uh, but as a fan, I've been a fan of teams that have won championships. You don't care. And Georgia, these this fan base is so starved, Sean. They haven't won in four decades, and they just won their first title. I'm very happy because it makes me look smart for at least a day. Georgia gets it done. You think you get the full day? One day. Just, just one Don't day. Don't be peacocking I'm, around oh, here when Jamison Williams got hurt. Get out of here. The amount of peacocking you'd be doing I'm and gonna, that you do uh, do. Know, oh, my goodness. But I earned Imagine mine. if Jim Harbaugh goes to the Raiders. I wouldn't even cash my ticket because oh. of the injury. Oh, Chris Andrews up next. Make this. This is the nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. The college football season has concluded, and the champion, the Georgia Bulldogs, winning 33-18 over Alabama tonight. Kirby Smart, first time, has defeated his former boss, Nick Saban. The Georgia Bulldogs winning their first title in 41 years. That's Sean King. I'm Tim Murray, and the sportsbook director at the South Point. Look like you want to have something to say. Yeah, because Chris, I don't think, can see us. He can't. Oh, you're wearing your two-lane So, in honor of uh, the national champion of 1998, Chris, I do have on a two-lane sweatshirt. Undefeated. Did not lose. We're making the banner now to hang in Yulman. (laughs) 98. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I told you, I I had two-lane rated fairly highly this year, but uh, they, they... They disappointed me a bit, Sean. I hate to tell you that. Yeah, I hadn't returned a call from anyone there in about two months. <laughs> <laughs> they almost had that win over, uh, over over Oklahoma. Oh, the days. You know, it's yeah. interesting, Chris. We were talking to you briefly off air, and this is fascinating to me because, you know, a lot of the uh, reports that were out there, DraftKings, BetMGM, uh, I think the Westgate, other spots, it seemed like we're getting hammered with Alabama money, Alabama money line. So I would have thought that this was a relatively good outcome for the majority of sports books, but they're at the South point, not to, you know, dig in a little bit, but it seems like it was not a positive outcome for you guys uh, when, with this result. 
No, I mean, we wound up, uh, we went to a dime line this morning on the money line. And I was down to as low as minus a dollar 31 on Alabama, on uh, Georgia. And I wound up closing at a dollar 50. You know, and that's a really big move. I mean, a 19 cent move in a game like this is huge. So we were getting a ton of Georgia money. Um, uh, they, you know, they I was at two and a half for a while. We took a couple of big bets at two and a half, and we're at three. And three, we wrote pretty even business. But the money line was all on Georgia. Um, you know, but you know, really, Tim. And all in all, it could have been a lot worse. You know, we beat both halves. The future book was pretty good for me. Uh, you know, props are real good. So it, 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 you know, as far as like terrible days, it really wasn't that bad at all. You know, as a matter of fact, uh, you know, we, had, we actually made little money for the day. You know, so it could have been way, way worse. But nonetheless, I did see where a lot of guys got flooded with Bama money. That was not the case at the South Point. Uh, yeah, maybe just our clientele is that much smarter. I'd like to think that. <laughs> not really. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. <laughs> I did a write-up for VEASAN.com, and uh, you guys, uh, uh, props to you on, on the prop market, uh, but it, you know you got to shop around, and if you like a certain number, you you got to go where that number is. You guys had the highest number on Brian Robinson rushing yards. Ultimately, it came down, uh, lowered it, but he landed at 68, and I think from what I picked up, at least here in Vegas, you were the highest number at any point on Brian Robinson, so... You know, it's it's kind of doing your homework and, and trying to find the right spot where you want to bet a particular side. Yeah, again, well, we talked a little bit uh, before we went on the air. I mean, every place gets different bets. Right. I mean, there's different guys out there, and, you know, some have a lot of money and move a number a certain way. And, uh, you know, I've been saying it over the years, really, the wise guys, there's no wise guy union. You know, different guys like different things and have money to back up their opinions. And, uh, you know, you, I think that's one of the things we try to do on VEASAN is educate betters out there and, uh, you know, shop around and look. Because, you, know, you know, listen, I don't know what the, the final yardage was, but you know, the difference between – yeah, I think I wanted. Did we have sixty nine and a half? I think. Uh, I think your, your like peak that. I saw, Chris, was seventy and a half, and I think you closed. And and a, yeah. I think you closed lower, but uh, yeah, you were definitely. Yeah, I, 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 I can't remember because we did have a bunch of props, and they all wound up. You know, overall wound up pretty good. We might have lost this one or that one, right? You know, but overall the props were pretty good, and. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, difference of a couple yards can mean, uh, you know, uh, you either cash your ticket or throw it in the garbage. You know, uh, rewind with me for one second to yesterday, Chris, from wise guys to Joe Public and everyone in between. How much liability was the South Point Sportsbook dealing with with 36 seconds to go and a tie game <laughs> in the Chargers versus Raiders? Uh, I'm not going to give you the exact number, but, uh, between I had Michael gone calling me, uh, Ryan Grownie, who's the general manager texting me. Uh, I had other guys in the industry, Jimmy Vaccaro. And, you know, I mean, it was, uh, we were definitely on pins and needles. I can tell you that I'm not going to give you the number, but I can just tell you it would have wiped out the day that I could, that I could tell you it wiped out the day and then some. We're talking once again to Chris Andrews uh, from the South Point. Real final thought uh, on uh, on this game, and then we'll get quickly into uh, Wild Card Weekend, which is uh, 
which is coming up here. You know, overall, I'm, I'm curious, Chris, you know, with this game being on Monday, I was doing a radio hit earlier today, and I said, you know, we, I spent like 20 minutes talking about the NFL and not college football, which is what I was brought on to do. Uh, overall, how was the handle on this game? Do you think it would do better if it, let's say, were by itself on a Saturday night or by itself on a Thursday night as opposed to being on a Monday after an NFL weekend? Well, yeah, I personally do. I think right now, I mean, all of us, you know, Sean was kind of mentioning about that that game last night, but, I mean, that was the final game of, like, a, a really intense day. And I know finally at the end of that game, and, you know, I, I put on, you know, I was still watching Sports Center and going through it, and my wife looks at me, she says, do you mind if – have we had enough football for the day? <laughs> yes. Yes, we have. Yeah. Put something else on. Yeah. And I think a lot of us felt that way. Now, early in the day, it was really kind of slow. Now, it did pick up late. And the handle the handle was actually really good. But I, I said this this morning uh, on Gil's show. There's two things that could create handle. One is a great matchup. And the other is a great number on mm-hmm. a game. And three happened to be a number that, you know, people – you know, wanted to make sure they either were on the two and a half side or on the plus three side. And, you know, we had, like I said, we had the dime line on the uh, money line. So there was a lot of action created. I think we'd have created at least that much action were a standalone game on a Saturday night. And, you know, if it were up to me, we'd have had like a 10 o'clock Saturday morning pro game, uh, you know, maybe like a one thirty pro game and then finish it up with like a five o'clock game Saturday night with, uh, with a college championship. That's the way I would have done it. I always think that these Monday games are just a little bit anticlimactic. Uh, we've just been burned out over the weekend for football and uh, it's just kind of a little tough, but today's handle was really, really good. I can't, I can't argue about that, but I really think the number had more to do with it more so than the game itself, which I, you know, the game I think always would have handled extremely well. I had a preferred Saturday night myself. You know, what's new, Chris? The NCAA gets it wrong. I mean, going back to the college football semifinal <laughs> on New Year's yeah. Eve, I mean, who yeah, sits sure. in the room that decides these games? So, as you know, when one season ends, the next one begins. Have you guys put up any future bets next year in college football yet for college football 2022 national champion? No, you know, I haven't done that. I'll tell you, I'm not sure exactly when we will, you know, with the transfer portal. I mean, there's so many big names and, you know, five-star recruits going from one place to another. Um, You know, I'm just nowhere near ready yet. And uh, I'm going to have to look into all those and see who's going where and who's coming back, who's going to the pros, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's going to be really volatile. And it seems like it get, it's getting more volatile every year. And I don't see that stopping for a little while. So uh, I need to do a little bit of homework. I mean, we might put up a future book, you know, soon. I mean, you kind of know who's going to be in it, sort of. Um, but there may be some sleepers out there. We, if we do put one up, we're probably going to be a little bit conservative and uh, certainly adjust odds as we go along. But uh, I'm not sure when we're going to put it up. So I, I honestly can't give you an answer right now. Hey, Chris, before we let you run, we got about a minute. Any uh, moves uh, on Wild Card Weekend from your initial number? Uh, yeah, we've had a couple. I opened the Bengals six and a half. I'm down to six. I've opened Buffalo four and a half. I'm down to four. 
Uh, Tampa, I opened eight and a half. I'm back at eight and a half, but I went to nine for a little while. And uh, that's really it. But, you know, we've, we've certainly had some interest already. Uh, you know, I think, I think it's going to be a hell of a week. I, I tell you the truth, I can't wait. I think it's going to be a fantastic weekend, one of the best of the entire season. Yeah. So, yeah, really looking forward to this weekend. You can follow Chris on Twitter at Andrew Sports. Two books out there. Make sure to get those. Uh, yeah. Even though Christmas is in the past, you can still buy books any time of year, Chris, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, what? You're not going to read uh, during uh, the spring or yeah. take a book to the beach or something like that? Come on, of course. And, yeah. I, and I'm happy for South Point because I don't believe the NFL <laughs> game should be allowed to end in a tie. So luckily the Raiders <laughs> won, Chris. <laughs> Appreciate it, Chris. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> All right, guys. I'll talk to you later on. There he is. Chris Andrews from the South Point. We wrap things up next here on the Nightcap. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. VSIN has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. Our all new Big Game Big Dance special provides VSIN Plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th for only 69 bucks. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24 7 video access, the upcoming Big Game, and College Hoops betting guides, plus full access to VSIN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. It's one of the most exciting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on our best deal of the year, vsin.com slash big deal. It is the nightcap here on vsin alongside Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. GP, Hoops Peterson coming up top of the hour. He has the look ahead for you this evening. Once again, national champion 
Georgia tonight. The under just barely comes home, but it does cash if depending on where you played it. Uh, as Georgia wins by a final of thirty-three to eighteen. Um, you know, one thing we were talking about, and I. Just, we didn't really get a chance just because this game was going on to talk about wild cards. Tomorrow, heavy wild card weekend, Sean. We'll be discussing all of those games. I have a major play that I've already put in. Oh, you have? Yes. You want to tell the people? You want to tease yeah, it? Absolutely. Um, and it involves the hometown team. Uh-oh. I just think emotionally what it took for them to defeat the Chargers, in my experience, and what do I know? I only played and coached. It's very hard to duplicate that energy and that effort the following game. And I think you're getting a rested Bengals team who's been pointing towards this opportunity to play at home in a playoff game. It's been a long time. First time for Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and these guys. So you do have that component, but I just think this is a tough spot for the Raiders. The NFL did them no favors, flexed them to the Sunday night game then has them play on the Saturday the following week. So they played last, walked off that field completely drained, and they play a short week on the road at Cincy. I just think it's a tough situational spot for the Raiders. Hats off to Rich Passaccia and crew. I think Rich has done a tremendous job. I definitely think he proved this year that he can be a winning head coach in this league. And if it's not the Raiders, I hope someone gives him that opportunity. But I just think this is an extremely difficult spot for the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I ha- I haven't really dug into that one just yet. We will get to it. But it makes sense. I mean, I hear what you're saying. Um, they get the early game on Saturday, which is not ideal for them. Uh, it's... Their last four games, they've won by a combined 12 points. Mm-hmm. And the only question I have about Cincinnati is they've, and the Raiders haven't been here either, mm-hmm. but Cincinnati has never been here before. Didn't the Bengals and Raiders play? In the no, 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 I'm saying in the oh. postseason. Oh, okay, I got you. So, yeah, but neither are the Raiders. That, no, like that's what I'm saying. It's not like, yeah. They haven't been there yet yeah, either. It's so. not like this is a, a, you know, a team that has a whole lot of playoff experience themselves. You know, I just, hey, I think it's a tough situational spot the Las Vegas Raiders. You think they played Sunday night the way it normally goes. Monday's kind of a watch the film day. Tuesday's a completely off day. Wednesday, Thursday, you do your hard work. Friday, you kind of get a soft day to recap everything you did. You travel Saturday, you play Sunday. They gave everything they had. They're going to be on a plane Friday flying to Cincy. I just think that's a difficult spot where Cincy rested their guys they kind of were watching the game, so they weren't exerting any energy. Once the game was over, they're already game planning, you know, for the Raiders. They're pulling up the previous contests. You know, I just – I think it's a tough, tough spot for this Raiders team. I don't know why the NFL didn't make them the Monday game. Or at least a Sunday game. Yeah, I feel like that would have been, from a competitive standpoint, fairer than having them flexing them to the night game and then having them play. They're the early game mm-hmm. on, game. on Saturday as well. Uh, we will we'll, we'll certainly get into all of these games uh, in extent come tomorrow. Uh, but once again. Quickly, I have no idea on Patriots at Bills. I probably would side with Bills. That's my initial yeah. inclination. I've got to see who's playing for Tampa. If Levante David and you know Leonard Fournette and all those guys are back, I think I'd probably leave t- lean Tampa in that game. 
Uh, 49ers, in my opinion, in a lot of ways are like the Raiders. You know, everything they had went into that Rams game. And, you know, it's tough to just bounce back with that same level of effort. I think Steelers have no chance at the Chiefs. I don't even know why they're going. Um, Cardinals Rams are interesting. I haven't figured the Cardinals out. Is Is DeAndre Hopkins... That important to that offense because he's allegedly he'll be, he'll be back. Mm-hmm. But I do think James Conner left the Seahawks game due to injury. So I think his status is up in the air. He was running like he wasn't fully healthy to begin with. So I probably would lean Rams initially in that contest. But I can guarantee I know what Arizona's going to try and do. Same thing San Francisco did. Line up, get a hat for a hat, and make those Rams prove that they can defend the run because they're struggling at it currently. Yeah. Um, yeah, the 49ers game uh, fascinates me. So, um, you know, we heard Chris say there was a couple moves already uh, when it comes to the Bengals game, money early on the Raiders, uh, looked like early money coming in on the Patriots as well. So uh, we will uh, we will get into all of that. But, you know, looking ahead, uh, there are some odds out there. I saw Brad Powers is already fired away on a 2022 <laughs> future on uh, on Alabama. At plus three twenty-five, um, but that might be the best that you get. Uh, it might be, you know, barring two, some rash group of transfers, three twenty-five might be as good as it gets. Yeah, as crazy, and that's crazy. I mean, that's 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 crazy to say, but you know, last year at I think I grabbed Alabama at five to one uh, before the season started, and you know, they obviously you know rolled on and and had a. Uh, had what was bit, Georgia's preseason number? Eight to one. Eight to one. Yeah. Would have been nice to cash that ticket tonight. I know. I'm kicking myself. That would have been back-to-back years. But instead, for some reason, I trusted a Big 12 team you didn't listen more to than me. Georgia. Well, you didn't listen to me going into this game either. No, but I explained why. I know. Yeah. But, and, and, but I showed you what I bet in the game. I know. Like, I didn't bet anything. I know. I'm just saying. Yeah. I just wanted to have a ticket in Genius case Bama won. And you would have been... Yelling at me, yeah. you bet against Saban. Yeah, Bryce Young's the Heisman hey, Trophy winner. All of that. I know. I mean, <laughs> you right now. You, you know, talking about Sean, peacocking? Sean right now oh is just sitting over there. Look at you, peacocking. Oh. Uh, could you imagine how insufferable he would have been? He would have just been so demeaning. Uh, how would you, you bet on Stetson Bennett against Bryce Young? It would have been borderline Nick malicious. Saban, Kirby Smart. Yeah, it would have been borderline but, malicious. As someone once told me, genius is lonely. It is. Genius is lonely. I would have questioned yours to no end if uh, Bama would have won. And, you know, the neighbor special comes through without fail. Yeah. Old Joe telling you that you got to put all your money on, uh, on Bama money line. Georgia yeah. comes home, gets the win. I actually had more money on... <laughs> A Pucks for Dallas play tonight. Yeah, how are we doing on that? <laughs> uh, I need the Rangers. It's 2-1. They're in the Kings' side of the ice. Uh, it's two minutes, 25 seconds left, so it's doable. But, I mean, you don't really want to be in this position. You'd love to you know, be up 2-1 here, but we'll see. It's actually going to match up with the end of the show, so I kind of know. You know, I saw real quickly, and uh, Bill O'Brien's getting uh, – Interest from the Panthers to be their OCs, getting interviewed for the Dolphins job. And I know it was one year, but you brought up a really good point. I saw someone tweet this out too. 
I mean, the success that Alabama had offensively with Steve Sarkeesian and Lane Kiffin, those are two offensive collegiate guys. And and look, they went to they got to the national championship. They have the Heisman Trophy winners. Maybe mm-hmm. I shouldn't be too critical, but there were a couple plays in that game that, and you kind of pointed them out too, a college OC might have figured out ways to maximize where they were on the field. That's right, and that's using the QB run game. Yeah, You know, Georgia was overloading the box, meaning they had one more defender than Alabama had blocker because they know that with O'Brien as the coordinator, they don't run the quarterback. And, you know, if you decide to use your QB run game, especially in the red zone, you know, you add the running back as a blocker, you now you get a hat for a hat. And I think it could have been beneficial to them, but, you know, that's kind of the, the negative to having a, an NFL guy as a college OC. But, hey, I mean, they were in the national championship game, so it wasn't all bad. Yeah. This was a down team for Alabama. They went to the national championship. They were the number one team by the College Football Playoff Committee. They had the Heisman Trophy winner. They had a guy who finished top five. And both those guys are coming back yeah. next year. But congratulations to Georgia for getting it done. For those of you who uh, may have listened to this guy, congratulations to you. Congrats, big dog. Oh, <laughs> letting it fly out. GP, coming up next. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.